Hello and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy. I'm here with Andy and Steve. Hello. Good to be here. It is another beautiful day, at least where, where I'm sitting. It was blazing hot yesterday in BC in the lower mainland. I was roasting. It was so hot. And it's a good heat. By the way, I'm telling you, I've said it before, I'm going to keep saying it. British Columbia is amazing, and particularly when it's warm and not raining, yes. because we don't have humidity. And so it's a good heat. I was loving it. I was outside in my backyard. Nature is growing. Mm-hmm. Birds are singing. It's a good time to be alive. Yeah, I remember when I was visiting my mom in Montreal, I stepped outside in July and I thought I was swimming. It is so humid over there. Oh, yeah. Compared to that, BC is, it's got just the right amount of humidity. It's beautiful. Lots of green against the blue sky. Oh, gorgeous. Well, yesterday seemed to be a little bit too much as I was heading towards uh, Mission. I was working with the youth, and so I had to drive out that way. It was about, I want to say, close to 1.30. There were five vehicles on the side of the road with their hoods up clearly overheated, lack of coolant or something. And then at the 264 turnoff, if you know where that is, Andy, Yep. right at that turnoff, there is like a gravel truck that burned to a crisp. So it looked like it caught fire. Wow. And the whole, like, it was all like the metal was crusted out. Like it just looked like it had just sat on a stove and just burned. It was crazy. (laughs) I was like, it's not that hot, but okay. All right. (laughs) We, we ain't talking Arizona, but... Uh, yeah, exactly. Cooking eggs on the sidewalk. Oh, my gosh. While the weather is beautiful on God's green earth, something terrible has been uh, happening. Unless you've been living under a rock in Canada, you've probably heard about the residential school in Kamloops and the remains of 215 children that were discovered on site there and it sounds like because of this there will be more sort of stuff happening in different residential schools to look for any potential remains uh, that are buried at different locations so mm-hmm. uh, many listeners have reached out to us asking us to address this issue and that is certainly on our radar we have reached out to some people for interviews and things like that and so we'll see where that goes but we want to take this time to just acknowledge the horror of what has taken place at these residential schools and we're seeing the really shocking reminder of all that has gone on and as many of you listeners know before troy joined us we worked with terry whose mother is a residential school survivor as well and some of the stories that we heard was truly truly heartbreaking especially as a parent just trying to put myself in in the shoes of her parents and what it must have been like to have the children torn away and those kinds of things and the maltreatment that these children suffered in these schools is truly horrific and just we would just want to acknowledge that mm-hmm. yeah i think great note there steve you're right we do want to acknowledge it we have i in fact i just received a another email this morning from a listener asking us to address it so please know that we are going to address it, just waiting to hear back on those interviews. And if we don't hear back on them, we, we said we're gonna just we're gonna talk on this, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. So so stay tuned. Today, though, we want to talk on the subject of vaccinations. This is a subject that I've kind of gone back and forth on. I, I've been feeling for a little while now that we need to talk on the subject, and in particular, one of the reasons why uh, we will 
choose certain topics that we do on the AC podcast is simply because, as Steve was talking, you know, we have people who reach out to us say, hey, are you going to talk on this? Or they've reached out to us, particularly with regards to vaccinations and said, hey, would you meet with me? Would you talk with me? Because I'm thinking through this issue and I'd really like your thoughts on it. And so I've had a number of people that have reached out to me with regards to the vaccinations, particularly I'm talking about the COVID vaccinations, of course. Guys, here's my concern, and this is why I want to talk about this subject. For those of you listening to us today, this is a discussion. I'm not trying to argue for one position or another or trying to... This isn't a podcast about anti-vacciners or, <laughs> or, or the like. Uh, what this is, is is a good old discussion, which sadly, guys, is not taking place in the church today. Mm. In fact, we had a, a listener reach out to us, and hopefully we'll actually get to interview this guy in the future. But he reached out to me and just said, Andy, this podcast is like the only place I know currently to go to hear Christians discussing what's going on right now in culture. And on the one hand, although that encourages me, it greatly discourages me at the mm. same time, because he he's mm. basically was saying that his church is so fractured on such a multiplicity of issues, this being one of them, the conversation has just stopped altogether. Yeah. You know, at our church, there has been a committee that's been put together to discuss the intersection of church and politics. So we've been asking some questions about what does it mean for church to get political or whatever. So there are different people with different views that are on that committee. And so there are lots of disagreements. But this was one thing that everybody agreed on is that we need to provide in the church a space for people to dialogue across the aisle, so to speak. Because yeah. even in a church, right, when was the last time you actually talked to somebody to actually have a healthy discussion with somebody that you disagree with? Typically what happens is people that are a little bit more, say, progressive, they're in their sort of camp, they hang out with their people and on this side, the people that are a little bit more conservative, they hang out with their people, and there's sort of this echo chambering happening inside the church when it's like, you could literally just walk over there and start a conversation, right? but that doesn't happen, right? So everybody agreed on that committee. We, we need a process of having that having that conversation across the aisle. Well, well long, long gone are the days of just arguing over chairs and pews, man, those were the days where it was just, is it going to be a blue ribbon on the cross or a purple ribbon on the cross? Just, just simpler times. <laughs> like, yeah, That's awesome that your, your church is doing that, Steve. People aren't actually as prepared to have that conversation as they think they are. And like mm. you said, it's an echo chamber. So mm. you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's a lot of people that when you really get down to the, okay, why do you disagree? What are there, like, do you have an actual basis that you're standing on or is it just your quick emotional response like oh no 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 that's not for me or oh no I'm doing it or this whatever it is here's the problem and I think Steve your church you know it's interesting that they're you know what what are they calling this again it's a uh, it's a committee on the intersection of church and politics see isn't that interesting the intersection of church and politics because the, the reality is is that you and I are living in a politicized world yes it's just been exasperated particularly with covid hasn't it guys yeah yeah covid and social media and and a bunch of other factors right yeah I, you know exacerbate, i think it's yeah 
I think that's that's true. I should I yeah. should correct it because he, here's the thing: when uh, Donald Trump that presidency and what began to take place. I mean, I, I guess really we could say that social media had been ramping up to that moment. Yeah. Here's the thing though that I think is so interesting. This is not new to the church. The church mm-hmm. has been dealing with issues since its birth. And particularly as I've been thinking about issues with regards to vaccinations, my mind immediately went to the church in Corinth. And as you open up your Bible and you read 1 Corinthians, what do you read? You read Paul addressing a divided church. They're divided. They're having all sorts of issues. And I think it's so interesting that Paul steps right into the middle of this. And what does he say? Chapter 1, verse 10, he says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another and what you say, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Like, that's what Paul is wanting, because that's what the church was always meant to be. Mm-hmm. And listen, guys, I can't help but think that in a church, you know, moving into a post-COVID culture, man, I'm telling you, you want to talk about light in the darkness, unity wouldn't you agree unity in our world right now is light in the darkness that the church could be? Absolutely. That's a great point, Andy, because that comes back to even what Steve was saying about in order to even, even have a conversation, there needs to be united idea and a united understanding that, Hey, we need to have these conversations and we need to, if we're going to disagree, we need to have a safe place to do it. But if you're not united in that thought, then we'll just continue to be on our separate sides, but attend the same church. I think, it's really important to think about what unity is too, right? Because some apologists I've heard in the past, who will name, remain nameless, uh, <laughs> said unity is not the same thing as uniformity. In a lot mm. of ways, what we're looking for in the church is conformity, mm-hmm. right, to this ideology or that. But here's the interesting thing. Unity presupposes differences, right? Because otherwise, what are you uniting? And so I think you have fracture in unity when you have this us versus them kind of a mentality happening along the lines of some ideology. But even when you differ on certain, say, political issues in this case, if you still have the sense of we I think that's what a picture of unity looks like. So in this case, even if you and I may differ on whatever vaccination issues, if we can still at the end of the day and say, you are my brother and you are my sister in Christ and I love you and I am for you, right? Yes, I disagree with you on this, but I am for you. I I think if, if we can say that, yeah, I think there is that glimmer of hope in terms of maintaining that unity. Yes, yeah, Steve, it's like you're saying there's we can still honor each other while we're disagreeing. Like I, I may not agree that pineapple should be on pizza, but I can honor the fact that your <laughs> no, taste buds Troy. that your taste buds, though wrong, <laughs> are different than mine. <laughs> this podcast's done. It's, it, it's done. It just imploded. It's, it's over. Uh, so this is kind of interesting for you listeners. We have not talked on this issue about vaccinations. Now, uh, so I don't know where Steve sits on the issue, and I don't know where Troy sits on the issue. So this is going to be a lively discussion. 
Well, Steve, specifically on COVID vaccination, because we have addressed like the ethics of vaccination in general before. Mm-hmm. But what Andy's talking about, COVID vaccination in particular. Yeah, thanks, Steve. That's a good clarification. And on that note, we'll link that other podcast that we did in the show notes uh, if you want to hear us talk on on that issue. Uh, so I don't I don't know where where you guys where you guys sit on this issue, but I think it's good that we can talk on it. And I want to just kind of help listeners to see how we've been thinking through these issues. And I pray that that would help. My idea here, though, being, listen, we wanted to talk on this because we want to move towards unity. And I think for us to be a united church, we're going to need to be able to have these sorts of discussions. Mm -hmm. And I think that we tend not to have these discussions because in many ways, I think it's, I guess we've lost that ability to talk without it dividing without it becoming this argument. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting when I read First Corinthians that Paul just steps right into the middle of that, you know, and one of the things he says here, is Christ divided? Well, no, Christ isn't divided. We are one church. Now, he proceeds to get into the issues that's going on with the Corinthians church. Uh, here at Apologetics Canada, our goal is that with whatever's going on in culture, man, I, I pray that we could always discuss it. You know mm-hmm. that that it doesn't become so heated we can't even we can't even discuss the topic. With that, let's talk about this issue of vaccinations. Now, first, let me throw a question out at you guys. What's been happening in your circles? Do you have friends, family? Not asking you to name names, of course, but you know, just is this a topic of discussion? Are you getting people asking you uh, your opinion on this? As I am. Yeah, um, I, I do sometimes get people come up to me but really um i think for the most part though a lot of people want to just kind of keep their heads down there are a a handful of people that are actually quite vocal about it for example at our church we have a particular person who happens to be a nurse and she's a very outspoken you know supporter of vaccinations and things like that um I don't have an issue with her supporting vaccination and wearing masks and things like that because, you know, I wear masks and all that. And, and I, I'll i put it out there. I got my first jab a few weeks ago and I've been fine. I just got a sore arm for like a couple of days, but that's it. Um, but I, I did tell my uh, brother-in-law and, and his family that I was growing a third arm out of my chest now and my <laughs> nose is getting really long and... Now, see, um, you you went too far, man. Because yeah, like not, you can't fish like that. Like that that's not that's not bait anybody's gonna bite on. Kind of an alien <laughs> situation <laughs> going on. <laughs> this is an art that I clearly need to learn from Andy. Um, but uh, yeah, um, but for the most part, I find that people just don't want to talk. But there have been a few people that came up to me, and I would just kind of try to give my opinion on things. I I usually try to kind of try to give both sides as best as I can. Uh, But sometimes it's hard because I'm like, I'm not terribly informed on some of these issues either. So I'm just kind of giving you the best shots that I've got. And let's hear what you have to say. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Low-hanging fruit. I saw it. (laughs) What about you, Troy? My mine is very much the same. Like I got family who have gotten vaccinated. Um, I have family who intend on getting vaccinated. I have family who are very against getting vaccinated. And honestly, I just find myself in the middle. If I could just be very blatant, I'm just like, cool, get vaccinated or or don't. Like I'm not really any type of way of it because I don't think it's a uh, like we said. Like I don't think it's something that should divide us. You know, I'm big 
in every area, like, hey, be obedient to your convictions. Whatever you feel you need to do for yourself, for your family. You need to have the space to think through that. Right. I haven't gotten vaccinated yet, but I'm also not against getting vaccinated at all. Big thing for our family is just my wife is still breastfeeding, right? So we're, because there's a lot of things that are unknown, we're just going to wait until she's no longer doing that. And then when that time comes, we'll make the decision again. Sometimes I wonder, right, uh, when we look at certain issues, I'm just like, why are we so hung up on it? Like, why are we feeling so passionate about it? I mean, yes, some of these are important issues about, you know, freedom and health and those kinds of things. But just coming from a Christian worldview, and I try to look at the big picture of things, the meta narrative of the Bible, what is the big arch what is the big plot of the world, if you will, from the biblical worldview? And I, and from that perspective, when I look at the issue of vaccination, I'm just like, I think to myself, yeah, these are important issues, but I don't think it's anything that you should lose sleep over. Like if somebody mm. says, I'm not going to get vaccinated, I'm not going to be all up in arms about it, about herd immunity or you know, or whatever. But I do see that some Christians seem to lose sleep over it indeed. And I, that just puzzles me. I think one of the concerns is why people are making the decisions that they're making. Because one of the concerns that I have is that there is so much misinformation out there right now. This is the irony, the new irony, I guess, of the information age is, is not only that there's so much information, but that there's a lot of misinformation. And particularly with what's going on with our media right now and how politicized everything's become, it has been even more difficult than normal to try to make an informed decision. And so I guess yeah. that's part of my heart in this as well is there's just so much misinformation out there. And let me just give you some of the misinformation that I'm hearing and, and seeing. For example, I've been seeing this politicized more and more that it is conservative Christians that are anti-vaccine, you know, mm. anti-vaxxers, whatever. Is that how you say it? Anti-vaxxers, yeah. Yeah, yeah an anti-vaxxer, which... It's been interesting in my conversations, whether it be friends, family, or those that have been contacting me, it's been a total mixed bag. Like I, I talked with one guy, his family is not Christian, and there's a bunch of them that are anti-vaxxers. Like, then I know of other people that are Christians that are anti-vaxxers. I mean, to me, it's a total mixed bag. And to begin to, I think that's why some Christians, Steve, perhaps are getting more up in arms about this is because it's being politicized as though this is a Christian thing. I know conservatives that got vaccinated, right? So even with going alongside of that, you're just like, it's so weird. Why are we isolating people? I mean, yeah. oh man, it, well, it's such it, a challenging situation. It, it absolutely is. And and so I think it's important though, that we don't get caught up in that, right? Yeah. That, that these stories are being spun through the media or whatever, and that we're not getting caught up in that hype and going, okay, maybe I need to question whether or not that's the case. Mm -hmm. Here's another one, guys, though, that concerns me that I've been hearing more and more, and that is that people are getting concerned about these vaccine passports and the, this infringement of, of their freedom and, and those sorts of things. And listen, guys, when I, when I began to hear that, I, I was thinking to myself, this seems just so odd to me because I have a vaccine passport. I've had a vaccine passport for years, and the reality is, is that I've had to get many vaccines. To go to uh, certain countries, you yeah, yeah. for for you certain need countries. To get a shot. 
Yeah, for example, I've had to get yellow fever to go to Africa. I had to get a meningitis shot that I can't pronounce uh, to go to Indonesia, the Philippines, as an example. In the past, there was a vaccine passport. You can uh, research this, but to travel, you had to show that you had a smallpox vaccine. Mm. Uh, Same thing with polio. This isn't new, and that's one of the reasons why I want to bring this up. But this politicizing of this and to make this into these big issues— That's the part that's kind of gotten out of control. I mean, even the fact, guys, I had to be checked for tuberculosis to go to university in the United States. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just was always there. So if I won't be surprised if universities say you need to have a COVID vaccine to come to school. I mean, that's not abnormal. I mean, we've always been doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's politically weaponized. Right. Like, that's just it is. And I think they're. Where I think where the pushback of that is that people, they're like, well, those other vaccines, they had more time. They were processed differently. They were, you know, there, there was more time for people to research it. And I'm just offering the pushback. On one hand, you have, you have people that are dying. You have people that have illnesses that have been triggered by COVID and have lost lives because of it. And then on the other side, you have the economy where you have the small businesses and the big businesses, but specifically the small businesses struggling. I will challenge people that would go and say, oh, COVID is fake. I'm sorry. I have had too many people in my community, in my circles that have caught, that have gotten COVID. I have people who have lost family because of an illness being triggered by COVID. So when someone comes to me with, oh, it's fake, I'm like, please don't. And so when you go through this side of like, well, what do you want? You want to get back to normal? You want things? Okay, well, we got to start somewhere. And unfortunately, like anything, not everyone will respond to it properly. And it's just like, it's this tough line. It's like, because I don't, I don't wish illness or sickness or death on anyone who goes and gets the vaccine. Obviously not. But to assume that everyone is going to respond to a vaccine perfectly is just not real life at all. It's one thing to say, because I've seen a lot of people who are pushing back against these public health regulations saying COVID is not nearly as dangerous as these governments and media are making out to be. That's one thing. But then you have people that take it a step farther, like you said, right? That COVID is a complete hoax. It's not a real thing. I'm just like, well, my mother, who is pretty elderly, she almost lost her life having contracted COVID, like she's still recovering from it. It's been weeks now and she's still recovering from it. I have a bit more appreciation for people who say it's not as dangerous than people who say it's a complete fake. Yeah, I can get with that. I can get with, you know, stories that don't line up. I can get Mm -hmm. with that. I can get with statistics being blown out. Like it's been proven that there's been people who are in line to get tested for covid they weren't able to go they had to leave but then they got a letter in the mail saying you have covid they're like what i didn't even take the test right there are discrepancies and things that are happening why you got a bunch of people who were never prepared for a global pandemic who are doing these literally a pop-up vaccine check in parking lots i'm like this is where i extend a little bit of grace because i'm like they weren't prepared for that no one was prepared for this if we were we wouldn't be in this situation and so I give room to error, and I have to give room to error. Otherwise, I'll go crazy. I think that's an important point that for each of us, we need to check our conspiracy meter. 
and where where am I on this spectrum of my trust and distrust for the government, right? For science, for pharmaceutical companies and the like. Because you and I are constantly making calculations. We are constantly making these calculations in which our lives hang in the balance. For example, when I step in my car, I'm making calculations. Do I trust the engineers that made this car? Do I trust mm-hmm. the regulations that have been put in place on this vehicle and, and the like, right? And the same thing happens particularly when you fly on an airplane. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I trust the manufacturer? Do I trust, again, the safety regulations that are going on? You and I have to constantly make calculations in which we're putting trust and our lives and our families, like when I take my kids on vacation and we step into a plane or they step into the car, right, Our where our whole family uh, is in that variable. And so that's something that we all have to think about the the challenge becomes in a culture this post truth culture that has eroded our trust to such a degree that this is where i think we have to work harder at making sure that we are as informed as possible and well informed as possible i guess where i get concerned is when people are making decisions but they've actually done none of the work to be informed. And this is where we all have to be careful that we're not just feeding a bias, mm-hmm. uh, as an yeah. example. It's interesting to me, now that you mentioned this distrust of the government and things like that, and I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but that kind of distrust of the government is also very historically and culturally contingent. It's not a universal thing, right? Because me, coming from South Korea, right, you look over there, uh, you know this whole thing with, oh, you know, the government is out to get us. You know, they're infringing on our freedoms, That this sort of mindset. It's just it's just not an issue in South Korea. And I was talking mm. with another pastor from our church who's Filipino. He said the same thing. In the Philippines, it's just not an issue. This thing about the government is coming after our freedoms and things like that. Yeah, there are some people that are raising some concerns here and there. But by and large, those are... in in such a minority and here it's a lot more prevalent because of where we have come historically right especially in the united states where they, where they actually our neighbors actually had to fight a tyrannical government to you know secure their independence and and they they had this idea of you know the government is a necessary evil because they impinge on infringe on personal freedoms those kinds of things but i i just want to make sure that that we don't get myopic, that we only see our sort of local culture in North America or, you know, the West in general, and just kind of take a more of a global view. It's just, it, it's just not an issue in some places. Steve, that's such an important point, though, that you're making there. Mm-hmm. It, you know, as an American, you're right. The U.S. was founded very much in opposition to a uh, a government that was tyrannical. Now, that you could see that, you know, in in which freedoms were being impinged on. And you could see how that could be part of then the culture at large is this distrust of the government. And and I want you to hear me on this. I'm not saying that distrust is a bad thing. Uh, I actually think that we should have a healthy distrust of 
of things, right? Because people well, people sure. are broken. We need to have that. But notice a healthy level of distrust. Uh, my concern with our culture at large and the propaganda that's been happening over the last number of years, that it, that it has gone to an unhealthy level of distrust. And I'm not just talking Christians here. I'm talking just culture in general. We got some serious issues that are going on, and again, that mean that you and I have to put a little, little more legwork, which we'll get to in a moment, because I want to direct you to some some sites that I think are helpful uh, to be informed on on these issues. But let me let me just pause here for a moment just to give a bit of a story. Uh, I had a listener that contacted uh, me and just said, hey, I, I'd like to talk to you about the vaccine. I need somebody to just talk to about this. And again, it's one of those moments where... It's not happening, right? These conversations aren't happening. And I, I was quite encouraged that this person felt that I was a safe place to come and voice his concerns. He was concerned about getting the vaccine. And so he and I talked. I asked him if I could share uh, about our conversation. He said yes. Uh, although I'm not going to give you this person's name or, or the like. Now, one of the things, though, that came out of this conversation that I thought was really interesting and part of the reasons why I actually wanted to do this podcast, because I thought, you know, there's things that are going on that I think a lot of us are unaware of. For example, many of us are used to traveling like myself, and we're used to getting vaccines. We're used to being vaccinated. There is a large portion of our population that don't travel. I don't know if you guys have thought about this. And this guy, he was one of them. He's like, I don't mm. travel. And, and then I, from that conversation, I had another person that reached out to me, and same conversation. He doesn't travel either. So think about mm. this. He's never been vaccinated, not since he was a child. So it would be like grade right. six, I think, is the, in Canada is the last, last time you're vaccinated. So the last yep. time that he was jabbed with a needle, he was a child. And so it's not, it shouldn't be surprising then that there is a large portion of the, of the population that is concerned about getting a vaccine because or getting vaccinated because they haven't done that since they were a child. And if I go back and I remember when I was a teenager and I went on my first international trip and I had to get, you know, my hep shots and whatnot, I was a little freaked out too. And so <laughs> it made me think, man, I gotta I gotta be a little more gracious here and appreciative that there are people that are experiencing this vaccine differently than I am. I've yeah. already been pumped full of stuff. Like so so maybe it's not surprising, you know, maybe it's not surprising that I am like, you know, shoot me with whatever. I don't I don't really care. I maybe I'm a little too uh <laughs> open to getting pumped with whatever. I don't know. What do what do we got? What do we, what, what give me your give yeah, me two I, of those. <laughs> well, it's funny because I didn't even know what they were going to jab me with. All I knew is my wife said, "Andy, you're going on this date at this time and this place." And I'm like, "Yes, ma'am." Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, I think even for me, like, I, I mean, I hate needles in every way. I don't like them. I've always wanted to, like, you know, I've always wanted to give blood. I haven't yet, you know, because I'm afraid of, like, n that's not just a needle. Now you're taking stuff from me while I just hang out, <laughs> be, be drawn blood from. And I'm just, it, the whole experience sounds terrifying for me. But it is one of my goals. I'm like, I really want to do this. Um, but, I mean, even for me as coming to Canada, you know, from Jamaica, there is no way I got on that plane without getting with everything. 
you know, maybe somehow in my subconscious, I'm just so used to the idea of needles and I still hate them. But I remember in school having to line up and you go into the lunchroom and you it's kind of like this conveyor belt of kids and you come out and you think you got superpowers. You don't. You don't. <laughs> Always disappointing. You know, you know, this is a really interesting. Um, I remember I was listening to The Briefing by Albert Moeller. And for those of you who know the name, know that this is a very solid kind of conservative kind of guy, right? And he was, he had an episode where he was kind of going through the ethics of vaccination and things like that. I thought he did a pretty good job of kind of giving both sides. And one of the things that he mentioned is, especially as a Christian, here is a really good reason that you might want to consider. Like he was giving that side of the argument, not that he was necessarily advocating for this, although he, he might have been in this case. But what he said was, there are some people for one reason or another cannot get vaccinated. Not that they don't want to, not that they're afraid. I mean, although that fear is also a legitimate reason, I think, but for one medical reason or another cannot get vaccinated. So then when you get vaccinated, you're actually protecting that person. Yeah. By Herd getting immunity. vaccinated. Right. And and so you are actually protecting somebody who is vulnerable. And that is a very Christian value. And, and I mm -hmm. think just from that perspective, too, I think vaccination can be uh, something that's... And along the same line, you could argue that if you have this fear of getting vaccinated and things like that, again, I think it's a legitimate reason. But maybe if you're a Christian, you can think of it as but I, I can overcome my fear for the benefit of the other. Maybe if we were to cast our eyes to the others that need to be protected, maybe it'll open us up more to getting vaccinated. That, that might be, speaking as a Christian, right, from a Christian worldview, that might be something to consider as well. But again, yeah, I understand there, there are a lot of fears around that. Um, it, it does seem the development of the vaccines seems hurried and those kinds of things so I, I understand that fear yeah but i think this is a good point to talk on we we don't want to be a people controlled by fear now yeah. some people might see this as me arguing for getting vaccinated no i'm, I'm arguing that you're not being controlled by fear right yep <laughs> that you're that you're willing to look into this or that issue and that fear is not what is driving you. And one of the challenges, and I was reading an article on this, is that people are motivated by fear. You can, mm. you can, this is well understood psychologically that you can get people to do things by fear. And, and this is one of the yep. challenges is that we become really skeptical to it because we're constantly being consumerized, if you will, through motivation by fear, whether or not that's my house insurance, my car insurance, my life insurance. I mean, we've got an insurance for everything, right? Or if you don't use this shampoo, you're going to stink. Right. Yeah. And or so people are going to leave you. <laughs> it, Whoa. I mean, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's coming from a bald guy. Listen, like, Steve, this is a safe deep, place, man. man. This yeah, is safe. Like, like, do you need deep. to talk? <laughs> I'll, I'll keep my hair up if it, if it pull it back. But no, you guys get what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, yeah. There, this is how so much of our world is marketed. It's interesting to me that at the height of the pandemic, when everything was going and we and everybody is cheering on the vaccination effort, there was no talk about anti-vacciners at that point. 
I didn't hear anything about, oh, I'm not going to get vaccinated. It was all I heard was everybody cheering for getting a vaccine. Can we get a vaccine in time and all those sorts of things? But I can't help but think, well, yeah, because people were being motivated by fear in a different way. Now people are being motivated by fears in different ways. It's this constant manipulation by fear. And I guess where I'm getting at with this is I don't want to be manipulated by fear. I want to make an informed decision that is calculated and that is reasonable. And I guess that's, again, one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this on the show was to encourage people. You know, make sure that what, what the decisions that you're making aren't decisions that are being made in fear that you've been sold, but that it's being informed by research. Yeah, that's a really good point, Andy. I'm just reminded of when, as we're talking about fear, as you were mentioning fear, it reminded me of 2 Timothy 1.7, where it just says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And when I, when I read that, it's like, man, the Spirit of God has given me the power to make an informed decision. You know, the Spirit of God has also given me the ability to have a sound mind. I see so many people that are so anxious, and that's where the problem comes in. Whether you're going to choose the vaccine or you're not going to choose the vaccine, ultimately, you are not going to lose your salvation, right? But where, where the challenge really comes up for you is... Have you consulted the Lord, period, whether you have picked one side or the other? Lord, what are you saying for me? Because I believe that the Lord is trying to speak to people according to their communities. Whatever decision that you make, are you thinking solely about yourself or are are you thinking about how am I honoring the Lord in doing this? If I say no, how do I present my no to people then? Right. Because if you say no, that's totally fine. But how do I present it to people? Am I now condemning everyone who said yes and vice versa? If I say yes, am I walking around all prideful and high and mighty like I'm on the right side of history? Like, according to scripture, you already on the wrong side of history. So (laughs) stop playing. Like, who are we kidding? Right. But at the end of the day, it's just like power, love and a sound mind. How are you loving others in this? Because can, we can be very prideful in the way we make our decisions. Because, one, I believe the church has a really hard time with the idea of submitting because we have a hard time submitting to God first. And so we cover that by, well, I'm not submitting to no man. And it walk around pompous. Like, I'm not submitting to a, a world system and this and that. It's like, and it sounds great on surface, but the truth is in your, in your alone time, in your private time with the Lord, you're also not submitting to those convictions that he's trying to get through to you. And so we just, we puff ourselves up as a defense mechanism, hoping that we don't get exposed. Now, I think one of the issues that, that's going on here, and that's a good word, Troy, is there is that individual issue, right, where we got to work that out with the Lord and what's going on in our hearts and as we're trying to make informed decisions about what I'm going to do with my body. But with a vaccine and what's going on, particularly as a parent, and, and you already have alluded to this, Troy, the, the, the challenge is a little bit deeper at well, as well because now I've got to make an informed decision of not only what I'm going to do with my body, but what I'm going to do with about my child. And so I think it's interesting for you and your family, right? You got a baby. 
And you, you've got to make an informed decision about what you're going to do, especially with something that has only been approved here in Canada, at least, you know, for age 12 and up. And we don't know with regard to, to children younger than that. Research is being done. So you, you've got to make informed decisions on, okay, my wife's breastfeeding, for example. My wife's nursing. Do we get the vaccine or not? Like, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like, well, you're going to need to work that one out, right? Mm-hmm. But you need to have the freedom to be able to work that out. And again, our, our prayer is that in doing so, that though you're not being controlled by fear in working that out, and that you're able to access good information. And this can be a real challenge in our day and age, though, especially on social media. Listen, you got to be careful. There is a lot of poor information that is being circulated right now all over yeah. the place. And that, that makes things challenging. I will tell you that for me as a parent, it's interesting that today, in fact, of this recording, my children are, are being vaccinated. My kids are 12 and up. And that's a decision that, that my wife and I uh, made. And now, of course, again, uh, we've already pumped our kids full of vaccines uh <laughs> <laughs> for you know, for different trips that we've done, like an SO. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, in, in my research, this again was an informed decision. So we'll put on the show notes some good websites that you can go to to get some good information. But Vaccine Education Center uh, is a great place that you can go, and there's there's others as well that are that you can find good information about what these vaccines are, how they're working, what sorts of issues have been identified, you know, what sort of symptoms should you be aware of with regards to yourself uh, or your children, again, to make sure that, that you're making an informed decision. See, because when we think about these these things, and this is something that's interesting with regards to vaccines, is this isn't like a net zero or neutral decision. There is a balance that has to be struck between, okay, do I vaccine my child against smallpox, right? Or polio or or meningitis or hepatitis, or now we've just got another one, COVID. And now I got to balance, okay, the danger between my child getting those things and the danger of that vaccine, you know? And so in my mind, I'm, I'm juggling all those things. I'm tra- seeking to make an informed decision, especially in light of the idea that vaccines, by and large, have been shown, uh, and that technology has shown to be quite effective in triggering a natural immune response to help your body to be able to fight those illnesses and that's the interesting part with this this technology. It's not that the vaccine's doing anything for you. It's just triggering your body to make those proteins to be prepared to fight that in the future, right? So, so those are all things that you've got to weigh. And I guess I've said this. I'm going to just circle back to it again. You're already doing that, though. I think people have to appreciate you're already making those adju- those decisions, those variables, those calculations. Mm-hmm. When you jump into a car, when you take your family into a car, when you put your family into a plane, and the list goes on, all of those activities are regulated. Now, doesn't this ultimately point back to where your hope is? Where is your hope founded? I I think that if one thing that COVID has really shown me in our society at large is that there is a serious fear of death in our world to the degree that I never, mm-hmm. I did, I had no idea 
the fear, the fear of death that, that exists in our world. And that we have this hope that, that we don't have to be afraid. And, and so, man, my prayer for the church is, is we walk through these things. I, I pray that of all people that shouldn't yeah. be afraid, it should be us. We should not be a people ruled by fear that is, that is afraid of death. We have a hope mm-hmm. that transcends death. And that should give us uh, a level of confidence, hope, and joy uh, as we're as we are living this life, and that we would be people that are united. That we would be a people that allow for discussion. You know, that allow for the opportunity to to disagree, to think through things, but to be willing to do so again not because we're being ruled by fear. Amen. There is a brand of Christianity that distinguishes itself from historic Christianity. It questions and even rejects traditionally held Christian doctrines. Known as progressive Christianity, adherents hold that the Christian faith is not static, but dynamic, evolving through the varying historical climate and maturing into what it's truly meant to be. Some claim that it's a legitimate sect of Christianity, while others reject it as having gone too far away from what can properly be considered Christianity. Join us on June 27th for our next AC Literary Expedition as we examine progressive Christianity. To sign up, go to apologeticscanada.com forward slash A-C-L-E. Again, it's apologeticscanada.com forward slash A-C-L-E. In the meantime, as always, love God, love people.